and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome back to you regular listeners. Thank you for downloading another day. Thank you for coming along this journey with me. Thank you for wanting to be intentional and spend time thinking about God and His Word. I'm just so excited that we're here together. And welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. It's no accident that you're here, friend. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences in God's timeline. So please don't run off quite yet. Stick around for a bit and see what the Lord has for us all today. I want you to know that I continue to pray for you day after day. I continue to pray that the Lord would draw you closer to Him and give you more of a desire to know Him and His Word. And I want to encourage you to please don't let this be the only time that you think about Him today. Have other things throughout the day. Uh, with which you can focus your heart and your mind on Him, uh, whether it's praying throughout the day, your personal time of worship, working on a memory verse, uh, reading other parts of the Scripture, working on your small group Bible study or Sunday school lesson. There are so many ways that He has given us that we can focus our hearts and minds back on Him, and um, we really must take time to do that as believers. It will make all the difference in your world, in your daily life. It may not make everything um, easier or with no troubles because Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. It will help us to uh, refocus our hearts on who is in charge, who can take everything, who take care of everything, and um, it really makes our outlook much different. So I just didn't want to encourage you in that today. Please consider sharing this podcast with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone else who you think may wish to come along this journey with us. And know, as always, that I love to hear from you. So if you feel so, let's send me a message sometime. You can find my email down in the show notes. Well, our uh, verse for the day for February the 8th, 2024, comes from the minor prophet book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 2, verse 8, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. Oh, friends, there's a lot in this verse, and I'm excited for us to see what was going on, what Jonah was um, going through, why he may have said that, and then for us to continue just to park on this truth that is found in God's Word. You know, if you've been on this journey with me for very long, that it is wise, I think, for us to uh, take just a few minutes and think about where we are in the Scripture before we uh, park on the verse. That helps us get the appropriate context. It helps us to uh, only by God's help and the help of His Holy Spirit to have the understanding um, and then to perhaps be able to apply it to our lives and hopefully to be able to share it with someone else when the Lord brings it to our heart and our mind. We know that Jonah is a book that is in the Old Testament. The Old Testament starts with the five books of the law, then it moves to Old Testament history, 
and then it moves into what is called the wisdom literature or wisdom and poetry literature. And after that, we get into the prophets, and the prophets are what close out the Old Testament. There are the major prophets, which were called major mostly because of the volume of their work. Most of those seem to be much bigger amounts of work. And then the 12 minor prophets, which are no less important because we know that all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, correction, reproof, and training in righteousness that the man of God might, may be complete, equipped for every good work. But they're smaller these minor prophet books are, and they uh, still tell us so much about God. That is one of the neat, one of the many neat things I love about being in the Old Testament. We see very much the character of God, and in these books of prophecy, we will often hear uh, phrases like, and thus says the Lord, or God says this, or the Lord declared this. And so think about that. Let us not gloss over that think about we are getting to read something that God told someone to write or a message that he specifically gave to a certain group of people. Now, I must tell you, when I first started uh, digging in more and when it would come time to study in the books of prophecy, um, I, I would get, and I still feel a little bit um, overwhelmed by those because there's a lot of the places and names and things that were going on that I just don't understand. And I had, um, I've heard some people erroneously say, well, we don't have to worry so much about that stuff in the Old Testament because since Jesus came, um, all of that doesn't matter. Oh, no, it does matter. It's part of the whole story. And we see God's goodness and his love and his grace and his mercy and his redemption and his forgiveness. We see his character in the Old Testament. And another neat thing about uh, many of these books of prophecy is that they um, have something known as the duality of prophecy. So in other words, the prophecy may uh, may have been a near prophecy for something that was going to happen right then to the people to whom it was written. And then we often see um, things about prophecies that are to come. So things about the Messiah. Uh, some things have already happened. Some things are yet to happen. And so I love that. As far as keeping these different books of prophecy straight in our mind, you can um, categorize those based on to whom the original prophecy was given um, or the relative time period to which uh, in which the prophecy was given. So um, we often see that the, there are many books of prophecy here that were written to the uh, southern kingdom of Judah. There were two that were given to that northern kingdom of Israel. This is when the kingdoms had been, the United Kingdom had been split, and there were ten northern tribes and two southern tribes. Amos and Hosea were given primarily to that northern kingdom, although some of the others had some crossover into that. Um, this book, Jonah and Nahum, seemed to be primarily to and about uh, Nineveh which was um, an Assyrian city. And then Daniel and Ezekiel were written um, 
from Babylon to those Jews who were exiled in Babylon. And I believe I've covered, oh yes, Obadiah was to Edom. And so I think I've covered uh, pretty much all of those. And then we can look at it um, from the standpoint of, uh, was this written uh, pre-exilic or before the exile, before Assyria came in and scattered and conquered the northern kingdom of Israel? or before the Babylonians came in and carried off uh, a remnant uh, of the southern kingdom of Judah? Was it during that exile, so the exilic time, or was it post-exilic, after those Jews had come back to Jerusalem? And we've talked about some different um, writers um, at different times in all of these periods of time. Well, Jonah was written, it seems, primarily about a message that was given to Nineveh. Even though he was a prophet of Israel, he was from Israel. His primary message that we have recorded was to uh, Nineveh. And there are many that um, will say, oh, well, this is just an allegory because how could someone be dead in the belly of, or how could someone uh, stay alive, I'm sorry, in the belly of a great fish that swallowed them up and then go on to preach? Well, um, it's not an allegory because Jesus does not teach it as such. He, he talks about the sign of Jonah, and there is no doubt that uh, God gave this as an example. Of course, God wrote the whole story. He's seen the whole story. Uh, but this is one of those things, just like the six days of six literal days of creation. This is one of those things that because God's word says it, I think it is a test of faith for for uh, we believers to believe it, that it's written just as it said, um, that the wisdom of man is fool and is as foolishness to God. So if God's word says it was this way, then it was this way. And I love what we learn here. Um we know that not a lot more about Jonah other than he was the son of Amittai and he was told to go prophesy uh, to Nineveh, but he ran the other way. And so I would encourage you to read this book of Jonah. It's very short. It's four chapters, uh, but I think you'll see a blessing and uh, you'll get a blessing from it. And so I'm going to give you some uh, background. We're going to read up to our verse for the day and see what was going on here. So as I mentioned, God sent Jonah to Nineveh, or he told him to go to Nineveh, to tell the Ninevites to repent. And the Nineveh was part of Assyria, and um, the Israelites really didn't want anything to do with the Ninevites. They were um, not liked, the Ninevites weren't. They were very uh, strong. They followed uh, pagan gods and that sort of thing. And Jonah, it seemed, had this idea that, you know, they really didn't deserve to be um, to be saved or to give him, be given the opportunity rep- to repent. And what is so interesting about that is that is what, when Jesus was talking um, in, uh, when he was on doing his earthly ministry and he was telling the people that no other sign will be given to this generation other than the sign of Jonah. This this all ties together because they had, um, when Jesus was walking there on earth and here on his earthly ministry, they had the one Messiah, the one true living God right there with them. And 
the Israelites, many of the Pharisees, the teachers and the leaders of uh, of the time um, could not believe, would not believe that he's the Messiah. They didn't repent. But these pagan people, when Jonah, when God sent Jonah to tell them to repent, they repented. And so there's this great, there was this attitude with some of the Israelites that was a long-standing thing that, you know, other people didn't deserve that opportunity to repent. And so we learn these lessons that God loves all people, um, that the great mystery, especially the great mystery of Christ that we read in the New Testament in the Gospels is that it wasn't just for a chosen people that he came. It was for everyone who would turn and believe. And so I love that. But here in um, at the beginning of Jonah, God told him, he said, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah went the opposite way. Do we do that sometimes when he tells us to do something? It's crazy. He knows where we are. He sees the whole situation. He wouldn't ask us to do something if he didn't uh, was not going to help us do it um, or give us the strength to do what he'd ask us to do. And it says, um, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord, not that he could get away from it. And we read that he got on a boat and um, a great wind, God sent a great wind and a great tempest that caused so much trouble. And the people on the boat finally ascertained that it was because of Jonah. And Jonah told them, in chapter 1, verse 9, and I'm kind of giving you the Cliff Notes version. As I mentioned, I would recommend that you go back and read it because it's so rich. But he says, um, and he said to them, I'm a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood. For you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And before we get into this prayer that Jonah prayed, which is where we find our verse for the day, do you see God used this mightily to cause these pagan people to turn to him and praise him and worship him and make sacrifices to him and vow to him? They were able to see the mightiness and the greatness of God, and they uh, humbled themselves before him, and I just love that. But then it says in verse 17, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. And then at the beginning of chapter two, which is where we find our prayer, I'm going to read up to uh, where our verse for the day is located. It says, then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. 
For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped about my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. And then here's our verse for the day. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, but I'm going to read past it. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. So this was written, this was prayed by Jonah. He was thrown into the sea, and then we see that he cried out to help from God when he was in the depths of the sea, when the waves were billing, when the, uh, he was down in the depths. And God heard him, and God gave him an opportunity, because um, later we see that after three days, or, or on that third day, the fish vomited him up on dry land, and Jonah went and straight and did what he was supposed to do, and, and the Ninevites repented. But this line right here in verse 8, our verse for the day, those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love, was important there, and that's talking about if people um, turn to anything, any false god, those vain idols, or anything else, anything idolat uh, idolatrous, anything that is not the one true living God, and they put all their attention on that, they forsake their, or they lose their hope of steadfast love. And who is the steadfast love from? It's from God. So if we keep turning away from God, if we turn to materialism or power or uh, worshiping false gods or false religions or all the other things that are not of the one true living God, and that's where we focus our attention, then we lose our hope. We lose our um our hope of that steadfast love. We read in 1 John uh, chapter 4 uh, that God is love. So even though Jonah didn't know about Jesus, the relationship with God was still based on uh, faith. It was still based on trusting in his character, trusting that he was faithful and is faithful, that he does what he says he will do, that he will continue to do what he says he will do, that he is sovereign and that all things are under his control. And um, just thinking those who pay regard to vain, vain idols, so those worthless idols like we've read about in other parts of these prophecies, uh, they forsake or they um, give up their hope of steadfast love. But, oh, friends, if we turn to the Lord, if we trust him, we put our faith in him, um, then we have that hope. Jesus is our living hope. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory, as we read, I believe, in Colossians 1.27. Um, and so Jonah realized it. He realized that he cried out to God. God heard him. And he would no longer turn away. He would, It says, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I vowed I will pay. Salvation does belong to the Lord. 
And so that's so important. This lesson, even though that was the big lesson for Jonah, and that seems just like a little bitty sentence in the middle of a, a big prayer, it's so it's so fundamental. If we continue to refuse and rebel and turn away, then we don't have a chance. But if we turn to God, if we repent, if we realize that Jesus did die for our sins and we accept him as our Savior, then we do have that opportunity for salvation. And um, it's not only to be saved from hell, but to have eternal life. And God is so gracious that just like he was being gracious to the Ninevites to give them the opportunity to to turn to him, to repent of their wickedness, just like he gave Jonah that opportunity to repent, he gives that to every one of us. Not everyone will take that opportunity. And it's just so sad to me. Uh, But for those who will, I love what what we read in John's gospel in John chapter 1. I believe it's somewhere down around 10 or 11. It says, um, listen to this. Well, let me back up to 9. John 1, 9, and we'll close this with this. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. That was talking about Jesus. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so he has graciously allowed us to be saved. And so may we turn to him. May we share this good news with others. May we not pay attention to those vain idols, the vain idols of this world. Anything that is not of God that we turn our attention to, um, May the Lord help us to just turn away from that and keep our hearts and minds focused on him for his glory. Blessings to you, friends, until next time.